0: Hey guys, it's the Great Debates. And it's summertime.
1: And the living is easy, baby. Great
2: Debates Radio is back.
1: Great Debates Radio <laughs> trying is to back. to slide
2: that in. Yeah, <laughs> and I love it. Some Great Debates
0: Radio. Yep. You know, guys. It has been such a hot, long June. It's been a steamy long June. Well, it's not a long, of, hot June. It's a hot, long June.
2: When they tell the story of this long June, they'll have to talk about the heat.
1: Yeah. This is an epic long June. I would say first the heat and then, as usual, the length. Yeah. The um, long June of 2016. Yeah. I wonder if this is one of the longest long Junes.
2: Hmm.
0: Or are they always the same? I'd have to crunch length. the
2: numbers, but no, they can they can come very do the Memorial vary, okay. I think if
1: July, July Fourth falls
2: on like, like a Friday or then it's Thursday, extra long, yeah, or even Thursday, oh, forget, forget about it. Good night, It's long as hell. Gene.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, is, does Long June end on the fifth of July not or, or on it Monday? It ends whenever
2: the holiday is over. What are we, are we
1: not going to jump into? I know we got it?
0: a debate. This is crazy. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to get everybody kind of riled up. I do have a topic. Well, it worked. Three minutes on the clock.
1: Oh, we have. I don't know what you're about to tell us. Yeah. This Healy, is...
0: Healy taking the pro. You never know what I'm going to tell you. So Healy taking the pro. The micro debate is pranks are fun.
1: Okay. <laughs> pranks are fun.
2: So Dave, you didn't know this topic. I submitted no. this. You're oh. just hearing it.
1: Congratulations.
2: I'm t- I feel elated that I came up with this. Look, pranks are fun. That's why people do them. The impractical jokers, putting a little uh, snake with a spring in it in a can of peanuts. We We know what pranks are. They make you laugh. You have some fun. It's an early introduction to jokes. Everybody loves a prank video on YouTube. They're probably some of the most popular comedy videos on YouTube. It's fun in the office. It breaks the
1: tension and tedium of life. Pranks are fun. But you're talking about people watching the pranks later on. The person who receives, the, if you will, the prank, the victim, the reason we call them like the victim of the prank, yeah. it's not fun for them. It's the, it's, if they're it's, a good sport about it and they're like, hey, I got to do a counter prank, that's great. But what's the point of that? And, w- and
2: what's the point of anything? What's the point of baseball? What's the point of movies? To amuse ourselves, to pass the time, to build connection. Well, there's a basic code of conduct that we have
1: as human beings and yeah. that part of the play does- with
2: that and illuminate that.
1: Yeah, but they exploit, I wouldn't say they play with that. I would say they exploit that. I mean, in the same way that like breaking the law plays with that. Well, a prank can go hey, too far. Hey, you're robbing someone. You're keeping someone on your toes. If you take their money, you know, it's just playing with the rules that we live by. Screw the more rays of civilization just because people say that like we're not supposed to prank each other. I say, well, I like to mix things up and say, why not? Why can't I just go in your house and this take something? This is a cool,
2: funny, it? whimsical character you're doing, but it's irrelevant to pranks. You're
1: just talking about an analogy it's not relevant to pranks because both pranks and robbing someone or choosing what's that character's name choice? by the way the guy the whimsical guy Willie Whimsy yeah, Willy Whimsy he, okay. basically- so he loves a prank. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> well, he's a little. Here's, too a ba- here's wins the, the basic goal. problem with pranks. Yeah. You don't know whether the person who you're pranking is going to enjoy it or the, not. Yeah, some There's pranks, other ways to have fun. Pranks, pranks I mean, can misfire. Yeah. Pranks are fun. They're slightly dangerous, like a lot of things that are fun, like fireworks, but they're still fun. But everyone involved in fireworks knows the dangers going into it. The person who's being pranked has no idea. The whole definition of a prank is the person pranked does not know that it's going a, on. A good, That's not fun. A good
2: pranker does not prank somebody who's not they don't think is going to be game i wish that that
1: were the case but the people that you mentioned like the impractical jokers and the i forget who else who else did you the i guess a snake is lame but like the people who are lauded the people who are lauded for their pranks are the ones who do the most insidious and like most damaging pranks possible or for example like punked which had Which was probably the most famous prank show of our generation. Yes, people loved it. And also, there were pranks that went so wrong that they couldn't air on television. You had celebrities like swearing at people and saying, What the fuck is going on? Like, what did you fucking do to my car? That's not fun. That's like lame and it's scary for people. A lot of the situations, or that that horrible show. What was the one that, what's her name? The Gap Tooth Girl hosted uh, Shannon Doherty. What was that called? I don't know. I'm sorry I called her the Gap Tooth Girl. (laughs) That's not what I think of when I think of Shannon Doherty. I know, but it's kind of hot to be Gap Tooth. I don't think it's necessarily a negative thing, right? I don't don't think that's I don't disagree with you. Okay, cool.
2: Medina, what would you think?
1: here? I think Healy won the debate. That hurts. You Uh, hate pranks, right? Don't you hate pranks? Well, I don't really like them. No. I I wouldn't say hate them, but I don't get it. I think it's lame. I don't find them funny. I certainly don't want to be pranked. I don't want to be pranked either. But then again, if I'm like...
0: Rising into my my higher self, I'm realizing that it's a sign of love and appreciation.
2: Yeah, and if you get a fun back and forth going with another person who's equally game and it's good natured, that can be really fun.
0: No one pranks someone that isn't their friend. Well... Or that they don't like.
1: I I don't know about that. I've heard of some... There's certainly been pranks that have gone wrong for that. I mean, I don't want to bring up examples, but people who prank people who aren't their friends and it goes wrong that does happen why don't we move on and move away from this have you ever been the victim of a prank that hurt your feelings or was really fun no (laughs) (laughs) no but i know from i know friends yeah who have been the victim of pranks that was not a friend it was like someone trying to be cool with them and it hugely backfired oh no and like scared their son and stuff scared their son yeah let's just (laughs) let's just move away from this hey you know what?
2: What? It's the election time. Well, oh, sure. We're talking about Trump and
1: Hillary and Doctor yeah. Jill Stein, the well, big, the big three potential calls. future gotta presidents. Throw, you got to throw Gary Johnson in there. Gary right?
2: Johnson, the big four. One of those four people is going to be president, most likely. Very in exciting. November. Mm-hmm. We'll see. It could be Jill. Could be How Gary. We could be know Hillary. If they're
0: really up to the to the task,
2: I. I wish that they were being
1: challenged constantly. Is there a way
0: that we can kind of test a person's ability to
1: kind of perform well, the, the job? There's an ongoing vetting process. Are you proposing something you different? different? The elect- no, I, what yeah. I'm
2: proposing is the presidential challenge.
1: Of course, the presidential challenge. Oh. Yes, we did this once we before. Did this one, uh, Do you have a challenge, ready?
2: I have I a couple challenges. Oh, my challenges. God. I'm nervous. I'm sweating. So the way this works is Dave is now President King. He's in the Ooh. White House, and he's going to be proposed with three hypothetical scenarios. His name is
0: President King. President King. It's pretty good. Do you think if there was a President King... Or a candidate mm. king, that they would mm. just not be able to be elected in the United States of America because their name was President King.
1: I think it would only help them on a subconscious level with the <laughs> I agree. voters. I agree. Do you think it would have helped them in the, uh,
0: let's call it the early 19th century? The, hmm. I think you'd have to go back to like right after the revolution. So it's only apartment. in the That's 18th century.
1: Yeah, yeah. I got to take this challenge. I'm ready to go. <laughs> I'm excited. President King. Wait, can I make one? I, w- I have one request. Yeah. Because usually we like defer to Medina and say, like, How- Medina, what do you think? How did President King do? Yeah. I want Medina to be my vice president. I'd like to counsel him a little bit if necessary. Oh, you can counsel that- him. How okay. does that happen? Yeah, I like that a lot. Thank you. Welcome Great. aboard. Thank you. I'm pleased to
2: have been selected. Dave. Yeah. Dallas entrepreneur Todd Hole. What? Todd Hole. H-O-L-L-E.
0: Is this a real person? No.
2: Gets elected governor of Texas. His platform? He promises the voters that he will hold a referendum on whether Texas should secede from the union. Okay. He gets elected. Mm -hmm. He conducts the referendum. 69% of Texans vote to leave the union. Okay. So, Governor Hull says, we have a mandate. I ran democratically. I was elected. Texas, it's time for the United States, it's time for Texas to leave the Union. I'd like, I call on President King to remove all federal authorities from the state of Texas and begin the process of severing Texas from the Union. What do you do? And his name is Todd Hole? H-O-L-E, yeah. No, you said- No,
1: H-O-L-L-E, Todd Hole. It makes a big difference to me in terms of how this is going to go down. Yeah. Okay. Is he a member of my party or not? No. He okay. ran
2: as an independent, but he was probably... A, what party are you? I'm a Democrat. He was a Republican. I mean, he aligns more
1: with Republicans. I just want to make it clear. I personally am not a Democrat. My character is a Democrat. Correct. Okay. okay. Um, I have a couple other follow-up questions. Okay, what are what is the leadership of like? What are the leading senators and stuff saying? What happened when the referendum was passed? Were there any polls? And I'm not going to let this dictate what's happening necessarily, but were there any polls in the country that reflected what the attitude of America uh, as a whole felt about so, Texas? I mean,
2: some people say "good riddance." There's a "good riddance" camp. Mm, there's mm. a there's a camp that's like no way federal troops we fought this one before abe lincoln stood up for the union let's keep this together like screw texas we need that there have been there are dueling economic studies about the pros and cons how damaging it's going to be some people say it's going to be disastrous some people say it'll be pretty much seamless
1: vice president medina any other questions you'd like to ask before i give you my response no i think that's good i'm good texas it's been nice knowing you. Congratulations. You succeeded You succeeded from the nation. There's nothing we can do to stop you. Uh, we'll actually be doing better off without you. I believe you're one of the states who takes more money than gives to the Federation, uh, to the United States. We'll be just fine with 49 states on our flag. Thank you for your longstanding service to this nation. But if you guys have decided that sovereignty and dominion over your own state is more important than a commitment to this country, then so be it. Goodbye. Wow. Fascinating. Off the
2: record, Vice President Medina has asked what he feels about that decision.
0: I think it was the right call. Really? Yeah.
2: Financially,
0: makes sense. Yeah. We're going to um, set up some trade deals. Some killer trade deals. Yeah. With Texas. They're gonna be biddlemen to Mexico for us now. We look
1: we look forward to a wonderful partnership with the country of Texas moving forward. I wanna make that clear. They're no enemy of ours. We totally understand why they decided to leave and we see them as a great friend and partner moving forward. Wow. President King Decisive. views this
0: as an excellent opportunity to renegotiate the North American Free Trade Agreement.
2: Ah, <laughs> I love That's him. why
1: he's VEEP right there, man.
2: Who do you appoint as ambassador to the new nation of Texas?
1: Gotta be George Strait. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Are we sure he's from Texas? I I don't think he is, <laughs> but someone like We that. just lost
2: <laughs> Willie Nelson.
1: We're losing a lot of good folks. Wait, what do you mean we lost Willie Nelson? He lives in Texas. He's a, with the nation of Texas uh, Look, I am a close friend of Willie Nelson. I've talked to him on the phone. He's told me that he's either going to move to Nashville or he'll go to Texas part-time. Look, also, you have to keep in mind, you know, a lot of people, uh, Americans, can live part of the year in Canada or Mexico or France. We still consider them Americans. <laughs> Willie Nelson, if he wants to be an expat, so to speak, and live in... In uh, the nation of Texas, then, you know, it's a bit of a loss for us, but he'll still tour our wonderful nation and we'll all get to hear. Uh, you were always on my mind. In Texas, you're still on my mind, baby, but you're not part of my country. I no love more.
2: the decisiveness of this. Scenari- scenario two.
1: Oh. President King views his role as
2: president first and foremost as acting decisively. Yeah, that's cool. That's right. Scenario
1: two. Okay.
2: You're pacing around the White House, poking around some cabinets and stuff. You f- you open a drawer, and you find—is <laughs> this a
1: bedtime story or a <laughs> scenario?
2: You find an old piece of White House stationery, looks to be about a hundred years old. The following letter,
1: handwritten. Mm-hmm. Darling Freddie, few few men. <laughs> few men. So for the record, Healy is laughing about something that he himself wrote to himself and he's red in the face all right <laughs> crack- cracking himself <laughs> up it's great all Right, okay dear Freddie, <laughs> can't handle it this is a letter that was found on stationery about a hundred years ago and it begins no no you found it i found it today. President and King. It was
2: like tucked it was behind a drawer so that like it's e- it's easy to realize how it could have been lost was, oh i think we fine. all
1: understand that sure that's not what we're hung up here's on. here's the letter darling Freddie. Few
2: men can know the pressures a man of great desire for service can bring upon himself as he seeks to battle unceasingly <laughs> Are you okay <laughs> for the improvement of the republic your name should be honored for the release you bring me but our sworn solemn oath but by our sworn solemn oath history will never know <laughs> Of the physical love we shared, destroy this letter. It's signed T. Roosevelt. And then underneath it says Ted Bear.
1: Um, Can I ask it? Okay, so I have a couple questions. Yeah. Can the letter be carbon dated or authenticated in any way to make sure that... Yes, but you'd
2: have to involve other people if you do that. Do you want to,
1: like... Yeah, I'd like to get the Secret Service or whoever... A couple. I'd like people who, you know, usually use discretion for things like this, but can actually get something done, and they can. I can trust them to give me results. To I, all, at, first step is I want to authenticate. Okay, this it's
2: verified. Note. It was written in 1902. It appears to be Teddy Roosevelt. You kidding? Yeah.
1: Wow. Okay. Second question, is there a member of the Roosevelt family? Is there a descendant of his who I could speak to on the phone? I'd love to just get a beer with him. I'd like to bring this to light and discuss this with There's him. There's
2: several different branches of the Roosevelt family. Some of them are at odds. You, you can you, to, to have a beer with any one of them might cause family tension, but you can if you want.
1: Okay. Let's say you do that. Vice President Medina... Have you, re- Vice President Medina? Have you read the letter, the Dear Freddie letter? No, I have not. You haven't read it. Okay, it's up to you if you want to share it with
2: Vice President
1: Medina. I'd like to share the letter with Vice President Medina. I'd like to call him into the Oval Office, sorry, and share it with him and him alone in confidence. Okay. And ask him what he thinks about this.
2: Okay. Okay, I'll,
1: so I've read yeah. the letter now. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what I'm thinking, mm-hmm. Mr. Vice President. I'd like to. I, To me, obviously, this is a very fascinating document. And to me, the Roosevelt family, this belongs to the Roosevelt family. Or it belongs to the sort of winds of history. But I also think this presents an incredible opportunity. And I think that what I'd like to do is call the members, the descendants of the Roosevelt family, here to the White House and share this document with them and let them know that if they want to keep this amongst themselves as a family, they have absolutely every right to do that. And I consider, you know, it's considered a family heirloom or document, if you will. But I would also like to encourage them to bring this to the public. Okay. I'm going to jump in. I'm
2: going to play Leonard Roosevelt, the, guy, the Roosevelt that you it, consult.
1: That can't be the real name of a it's Roosevelt. It's not.
2: It's a hypothetical. Okay. Leonard. So you, you tell me about this. And yeah. I'm sort of the senior light of the Roosevelt family. Here's yeah. what I say What? Are you, what? Ugh. Are you telling me great great granddad was a queer? I don't want to see, I don't want to hear anything about this letter. Throw it out.
0: I'm beginning to think the entire presidential challenge was
1: oh, so just that all could, that he could, he could the big do excuse do for him that to play that. Leonard Roosevelt. Actually, no, I didn't, oh, I didn't know we were up go right to, now. The, the idea just, that I I you was, were gonna I consult
2: the Roosevelt's hadn't occurred me.
1: It hadn't? No. Interesting. Okay, Leonard decide. Um I'm gonna have to uh, Leonard. Obviously, there's something wrong with Leonard, and I'd, I'm still gonna talk to the a forum of Roosevelts, if you will. We're gonna gather them all together. Here's what I'm gonna do. Here's yeah. my sort of final okay, answer, yeah. if you will we're going to find some sort of excuse to honor Teddy Roosevelt that has nothing to do with this letter. It's going to be the 100th anniversary of, it's not his death, but something. We're going to honor the national parks, which he was the sort of grandfather of in some way. And we're going to invite every member of his family to the White House for this wonderful occasion. It's going to be, we're going to sort of remind the country how incredible Teddy Roosevelt was. And after that's all over, I'm going to take them to the mural room and I'm going to sit them down and I'm going to make sure everybody else is gone. And I'm going to show them the document and I'm going to say, you may not want to know what's in here because it has some sensitive information about your ancestors sexual life quite frankly quite frankly excuse me but I think you guys deserve to know it and I think that this also presents a wonderful opportunity to educate the nation about how men and women of any sexual persuasion can be president, can do any job in the country. I think this is a wonderful moment for us, and I hope you capitalize on that. If not, I understand and respect your decision as well. I would also be happy to you know, help shepherd this letter to the public light if you'd like me to do that. But, but. basically, you're leaving it up to the Roosevelt. I am, but great, great, I'm also... Great, great great I'll Jesus. tell you this, though. If they, as a unified group... I'll, t- I'll tell them that Basically, each and every one of them has the choice to bring this to the public if they want to, and any one of them who does, I'll stand right by their side and proudly explain to the public why I think this is a fantastic document and would show how far we've come as a country, but still how far we have yet to come in the uh, for uh, the uh, equality stuff.
2: (laughs) Vice President Medina, do you think?
0: Well, President
1: King has a deep
0: respect for the values (laughs) that normal, ordinary Americans hold in their families. Um, but he also has an eye to the future and the progress of social mores and um, wants to build upon the progress that we've made in the last 10 years, especially. That's right. Uh, and views the uh, this as an opportunity to work with the National Archives, and maybe the Smithsonian, mm. to sort of...
1: Um, demonstrate how far back this tradition reaches uh, in our history. I'm I'm calling James Buchanan's uh, descendants as well. We're going to have a little (laughs) chat about some things. I'll tell you that right now. Real quick follow-up. Yeah. That night, you're asleep in the
2: White House. You have a a dream, hallucination. You're not quite sure what it is, but you believe that the ghost of Theodore Roosevelt appears to you and says, destroy the letter. I said to destroy the letter. Does that affect your mind, change your mind?
1: No, not in any way. A powerful dream. Yeah, it was just a dream.
2: The star of this presidential challenge, I've got to say, is
1: Vice President Medina. That's the reason I brought him (laughs) in, man. He's rock solid.
2: All right, third and final challenge. All
1: right, I'll try to make this one brief. I'm sorry. It's a
2: state dinner for the Nordic countries. It's one of the happier days of your White House.
1: Wait, it's a state dinner for... Like all of the Nordic? Countries? Yeah, actually,
2: Obama did this. Oh, he did sort of a this. roundup. He right. had all of them at once, and people were like, Is that a slight? He's uh-huh. like, No, nah, it's cool. They're friends with each other. It's fine.
1: Okay. I mean,
2: it's a g- great night. The food is exquisite. Mm. Björk is performing. Oh, wow. Misig Shea is performing. Wow.
1: Yeah, the Swedish vocalist. Is Gus Gus there? Uh, who's that? They were an Icelandic band no. for a hot minute. No.
2: So Ros. like people talking about how Ros didn't get invited. Wow. That's kind of like an issue. But people okay. are... Anyway. I feel
1: like this isn't the real issue.
2: You're, you're, you get pulled out of the room by a white, ashen-faced head of NASA. He's there with the chief of staff of the Air Force, a couple <laughs> physicists, a distinguished group, all of whom appear deeply shaken. Couple physicists? They, that sounds serious. They're like, we need to talk privately. They pull you to the Oval... You go in there, they're like, Mr. President, I-, I don't know how to say this. There's a comet coming to Earth. It's going to be here in 45 minutes. The entire sky is going to ignite. There's nothing we can do about it. They all agree with each other. Nod. Any- anything we can do? No, nothing. This is happening. The Earth has about 45 more minutes to exist.
1: Okay. We're sure that the comet is yeah, going to destroy. Uh, all As civilization. sure
2: as I've ever been about anything. Do all the
1: other countries know about this yet?
2: No. As far as we can tell, nobody knows anything about it except the U.S.
1: Describe for me the the immediate aftermath of this comet. Is it instant destruction? It's
2: going to what we think is going to happen is the comet will enter the atmosphere and begin essentially igniting the atmosphere. It, we're, we're not sure exactly where the comet's going to first enter but probably a fire will be seen above southern africa within minutes it will engulf the entire atmosphere the heat will expand and feed off itself the earth will be turned to a cinder in a matter of minutes
1: all right medina i love you but i actually don't need you for this one i've got a strong gut reaction i'm just gonna go with it how many people were in the oval with me just the scientists i'd say about 12. gentlemen i hope you're wrong but we're going to go back to the party, we're going to keep our mouths shut, we're going to have a drink, we're going to kiss our wives or our boyfriends or our husbands, and we're going to have a good time until we are no more. And that's the end of that. That's great.
2: Great answer, B P Medina.
1: I mean, that's the right
2: answer. Enjoy the dinner, right?
0: President King has a um, profound zest for life. And what with what remains in his life, he plans to enjoy it with his friends and close associates.
2: I love that. I was trying to bait you into, like, make a statement to the nation, blah, blah, blah. But no, just enjoy the dinner, right? Clearly. Hey, that was a great presidential challenge. Great presidential Thought challenge. President job. King, you did great. If Dr. Jill Stein doesn't have Ooh. you on some
1: kind of panel or something. I feel a little bad because I backtracked a bit on my support for Dr. Jill Stein. Oh, Well, I said, because I tweeted, I'm with her, Mm -hmm. asterisk, asterisk explanation. (laughs) What? Why are you laughing? Just that you're explaining the asterisks in your (laughs) tweet. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sorry. It's so (laughs) stupid. Basically, my stance is like, you kind of have to vote for Hillary if you live in a swing state. But if you don't, there, it, then you should feel free to vote for Jill Stein. Well,
2: Dr. Jill Stein isn't going to win if she doesn't win any swing states.
1: Well, look, I think that even Dr. Jill Stein, as ambitious as she is, will understand. <laughs> I'm serious about this. Okay. That the reality is she's not going to be the next president of the United States, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't vote for her And the 5% threshold to get included into debates is probably a, a kind of goal that we should be, or I forget if it's five or 10, one is for funding, one is for debates. But, it, it The reality is that voting for these third party candidates, if you really believe in them, is actually more powerful than voting for these large candidates, uh, not large, but the more popular candidates, because your vote makes more of an incremental change. And so even though she's not going to win, I think it's important to vote for her. That was all in the asterisks to your tweet? Yeah, I went over the <laughs> 140 characters <laughs> limit. I'm sorry. What? Should we have a top about top-about-ems. Oh, have let's top have a top about,
0: about ems It's my new favorite thing in the Great Debates. Top about
1: M's. Right. This is where we talk about topics. We're going to talk
0: yeah. about some topics that have come across my desk, as it were, mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of recognize the people that have sent them in. I wanted to first bring up a topic that was sent in by listener Andrew Kay. Which is the most important person of the 21st century will have been born in the 20th.
1: Interesting.
2: Ooh, very interesting. Who was the most important person of the 20th century? Hmm. Who are the candidates? Einstein, Hitler, FDR, Hitler? Churchill, mm-hmm. Stalin, Mao. I think they were all born around like 1899
1: or something. Tom somewhere. Brady. Tom Brady. Pedro. There Dustin Pedroia, David Ortiz, those are all 20th yeah, century guys. 20th century. Yeah. <clears throat> Bobby Orr, Ray Bork, 20th <laughs> century guys. That's interesting.
2: The great Larry Jersey 33. Larry Jack Legend,
1: Nicholas. Jack Nicklaus, the Golden yeah. Bear. Goldie Hawn. Is listener Andrew K. Andrew W. K.? <laughs> I wondered that at <laughs> Did he first. He, yeah. Could, Could be. <laughs> okay, that's interesting.
0: Okay, uh, another topic... Submitted by our very own Dave King is Enough OJ Already. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Enough OJ Already.
2: You know, look, where are you on this? I almost, Dave and I talked about this because I almost submitted a similar topic. We're done with OJ, <laughs> right? Because I thought after the the miniseries, I was like, "We're done with OJ enough. Cool, we got it out of our system." And then the seven hour documentary, to wow. my shock, is wow. unbelievably compelling. It's so very good. good and compelling. So it? good, easy to watch. But <laughs> but is you, it enough? If it you found out that point. guy uh, Ezra Edelman, I think his name is, that made the documentary. If if he were like, okay, I'm releasing twelve more hours of this documentary would mm. you watch it immediately
0: enough, enough okay i've given it too yeah. much to this guy huh. in okay, this yeah. period and whatever
1: i think i'd watch i'm into it I'm like, you know, oh, once I you it. get on a roll though it's kind of great yeah to really dive deep yeah
2: should there be oj studies like should that be a class in college
1: i would be surprised if that isn't part at least part of a curriculum somewhere. there's got to be
0: some seminar
1: uh, the OJ experience, race, crime, and media in the in late the, 20th century. Yeah, you know, I'm bored know. already. Yeah. I'm skipping that. Snooze.
0: Here's another listener top submitted by listener Alan V. Drew Carey is funnier than Jim Carey.
2: Oh, that's a great top. It is? Yeah, I love that top.
1: Oh, man, I, I think Jim Carey is way funnier than Drew Carey. Mm, well i mean I, I don't know maybe hard a, laughs yeah but like
2: total entertain who's a better funny man who's a better uh, to, to, overall entertainer comedian? i mean
1: you want to be entertained watch jim carrey talk about the god molecule or whatever it's the most entertaining thing you'll ever see he's <laughs> like borderline crazy he's not borderline crazy but he's open to some crazy shit hmm. i think he's fascinating I'm, I can't defend the number 23 or whatever, but I think he's funnier than Drew Carey. Okay. Okay. We're topping about him, Healy. I don't know what else you want, We're topping but.
2: about him. Yeah, give me another one.
1: Do,
0: uh, another here. one. I have one more. Uh, yeah. I can't remember where this came from. Maybe from Davis also. Maybe from Heels. Rihanna has had her heart broken. <laughs>
1: that wasn't for me. That was for me. <laughs> Healy, do you know something we don't? No, Did, but do, I, were like, you in... rihanna an item no but her
2: like thing is being completely fierce and fearless but it's like Mm. has she ever like been really heartbroken has she ever been dumped in a way that really burned her really hard
1: when did that last happen don't you feel like it's there in the music man
2: yeah Yeah.
1: i think she has when was the most recent I, i don't know enough about rihanna's like dalliances I think by the time she became a celebrity, she
2: had survived a massive heart. Absolutely, yeah.
1: I mean, look. To put it bluntly, yeah. I also would surmise that she experienced some level of heartbreak when a man who she cared about deeply like beat the crap out of her. Right? Um, Are we not supposed to talk about that or something? well she was mad that was at him, her, right she
2: started punching him and then he started punching her right mm-hmm. in the most famous incident Ugh. so she was mad at
1: him mm-hmm. right i don't know man this feels like well
2: what well, maybe that was a heartbreak yeah it could have been before even the punching maybe this is a dead end <laughs> Maybe <we've, laughs> we might have talked about him enough <laughs> do you have him. a main for us i, I do have a, yeah, i have a, a really, yeah <laughs>
0: Uh, It's a simple one. Healy taking the pro. Okay. Uh, Topic is, it's the summertime. Beer is better than wine.
2: Wow. Okay. Beer Beer is is better than wine. A cold can of beer, so frosty. You're holding it against your head. You crack it open. You take a sip. It doesn't get better than that. Wine is like fine art. Or, like, opera. It's wonderful, magnificent. It's a great expression of human fulfillment and enjoyment, but it's kind of a niche product. Beer is like pop music or like movies. It is something for everyone. They've been making it since the days of ancient Sumer. The Egyptians made it. Our founding fathers drank it. It's the thing you have at the ballpark. Wine's nice with a fine meal. I'm not going to take anything away from wine. I enjoy wine. I drink it a lot. But there's nothing quite like a nice cold beer.
1: Well, I mean, I think you've... (laughs) You fool. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to say that that wine is like fine art, first of all, I don't understand how that's meant to not be a compliment to say that it's like fine art or opera. But the reality <laughs> is that the range of options presented by wine is far greater than that of beer. And in fact, the most popular wine in the United States, as I'm sure you know, is the least expensive wine. Boxed wine, Franzia, is the most popular wine in this country. And people drink it the same way that they drink beer. They drink... They fill up at the at Walmart basically, and they drink until they're drunk. And if you want to drink the sort of common man's version of wine, there's literally like hundreds of thousands of options for you from a three dollar bottle of. Uh, Charles Shaw or whatever, up to $10 bottles. And obviously, after that, if you wanna get into the more expensive wines, if you wanna really like get into the varietals and um, spend 50, 100, whatever, and get into the sort of fine art versions, if, if you will, of the wine, then you have that option as well. Now, yes, in the summertime, uh, you I suppose that the cooling factor of a beer is slightly more appealing than that of wine, But as we speak, I'm drinking red wine over ice, the so-called Diane Keaton. I'm not ashamed to say it. And i got to tell you, it's cooling me down like something else. Sure, but you are the
2: pussy. That's not like a real good, most people in America aren't going to drink red wine over ice. Also, your point about the diversity of wine, like beer can range from black, Guinness served to you on a cold day in a Dublin pub to some ancient ale made by Trappist monks in Belgium to a German white beer brewed for the summertime to the beers of Oktoberfest to a Sam summer a Sam winter warmer what? The, the beers that were exploding with breweries in California the ballast point down in San Diego we've got Golden Road right here in LA and that's before you even get to just Budweiser Miller Coors, the everyday workhorse beers that everybody needs in their life. Needs in their life? Those are the beers that are filling the fridges of America, keeping America running. Wine has maybe made France and Italy a little bit nicer, but it hasn't been a crucial part of American life the way
1: beer has. I'm going to appeal to something a little more lyrical. This is unlike me, but I'm going to take a bit of a more oblique route here. I'm going to argue that opening a bottle of wine among friends and the practice of emptying the bottle at a table or among your loved ones is far superior than the act of getting through a six-pack, if you will, of beer. And I find that there's a reason that people, for example, save their corks of wine. There's a reason that people ask their friends to sign the label of wine when a bottle is done. It's because it's part of the memories we make. And yes, you could say that beer does the same, but there's something about the deliverance of wine via the, bo- via the bottle that makes it a Dave, sort of more complete experience you stumbled
2: I mean opening a bottle of wine most of the time is a Difficult, challenging oh, here experience. You know crew, that, if that if you, you were on the other side, uh, you would be signing a bottle, the what process about, of opening a bottle like of wine. An NPR you would love it. kind of scene, you would, signing the bottle of wine, just preserving our memories. Sure, that's great for a certain like aristocratic Fey crowd that wants to pretend to be Europeans. But I've when a guy brought, shows up and he holds up that six pack. Yeah, the party's about to begin. he high, brought a six From pack? high school to the Kinda VFW party, That is a good time well guy are,
1: carrying a six pack to a party a is guy a good holding time
2: the six pack of beer is like yes here we go and I'd begins. go like oh, then he pops the
1: put it in the fridge hey, we fine, have so beer he pops already the
2: trunk and he's got a cooler full of ice Who and is the this beer guy? is getting cold he's your buddy Dave. What he's showing up with a six pack? This is you, the better version of you. Do you uh, want to be the guy who's? Do you want to be the guy like, mm, I could open up a bottle of wine and then we could all sign. That we, I keep my corks yeah. so over here to remember one. Yeah. Or do you want to be like, it's Dave is coming. He's Why bringing a whole shouting? cooler full of beers. It's going to be a blowout. Well,
1: you're just talking about quantity at this point. If you're saying I'm bringing a whole cooler of wine, then it's just as cool to bring like a case. No, of, if, if a you whole a case of, beer, of wine,
2: everybody be like, who is this creep? He's bringing a case of wine over to our house. What kind of weird vampire is he? But bringing a cooler full of beer means everybody's gonna get together, have a big party. Look, this is my closing argument. You haven't made any case for wine except to paint certain. You
1: always say that I haven't made a case. This fucking drives me <laughs> nuts, man. <laughs> you do this every time. You say, "Look, you haven't even said one thing when you're just not listening," and it's bullshit, man. I call bullshit no, on I'm you. I'm
2: listening. Here were your main arguments. You might
1: disagree with them, but don't tell me that I haven't made a case for your it. Your
2: main arguments were the signing a bottle of wine, the deliverance through a bottle, pouring wine, the and incredible that there's a- range and that variety of
1: wine. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Those those are your two arguments. Your point about beer, and I I demolished
2: both of those arguments. I I was like, the beer has an equally wide range, and the deliverance of a bottle of wine is no more interesting or cool than bottles of beer or cans of beer. And the the party experience associated with beer is so much more populist and generally understood to be a good time, whereas wine is look a wonderful part of life. I'm happy we have wine, but it's a little bit refined, a little bit elite, and that's why I'm putting it in the category of fine art and opera, whereas beer is rock and friggin' roll beer is better than wine
1: okay so you're talking about you're limiting for some reason all of human experience to the like big high school party or the like everyone's getting together when in reality the truth is that more commonly what we have are what i would call hangouts or small gatherings these are perfect for wine i also think here's a new point wine tastes better than beer most beer tastes like fucking shit bud light is disgusting Yes, a $3 bottle of wine doesn't taste amazing, but it tastes better than the cheap beer, and the good-tasting wine tastes way better than the best-tasting beer. I'd much rather have a good-tasting bottle of wine than like the best beer, whatever, Delirium Tremens or whatever bullshit beer gets the highest rating in your stupid beer magazine. You can make fun of a guy who shows up to a party with a bottle of wine, but the truth is that adults, people I like to hang out with, if you show up with a bottle of wine to an event that I'm hosting, that shows to me you put some thought into it, you're looking to have a good time in a pleasant way, you do appreciate the finer things, and you know what, Healy, I'm tired of your anti elitist streak, I'm tired of you trying to knock down high culture and, and paint me as some sort of dilettante who... Can't, you know, I'll I'll get in the fucking mosh pit with everyone else, but I also, at times, want to have a bottle of wine, and what's wrong with opera? Have you ever been in the opera? It's amazing. I'd rather go to the opera than a kid rock concert, and I'd rather have a bottle of wine than a fucking thing of beer. End of closing statement. Wow. That was a good one. We got really fired up. I need a bath. <laughs> I Uh, I think beer is better than wine. Of course it's better than wine. (laughs) But who won the... Here's the thing, Medina. This comes up a
0: lot. No, no. But here's the... I know what you're about to say. You're about to say, did you agree with the topic? Or did you... you, That's right. But what... Sitting here, listening to the debate, at the end of it, if I say what I think, it's based on
1: the debate. Oh, man. I don't know about that. Here's what I, You know what I'd like to do? Mm-hmm. I'd be curious to know which side you agree with before the debate. Put that in a sealed envelope. Oh, interesting. And see mm-hmm. if, if it changes or not. Yeah. Because you it, win some
0: points. Look. It's a handicap thing.
1: I, look, Medina, you're an incredible moderator, and you're, you can be as impartial as you think you can be. But we come to the table with some prejudices here, man. Of, I, course.
2: I, of course. I submitted this topic as wine is better than beer
1: interesting and yeah.
2: i think you left uh, uh, dave i know you got impassioned i'm sorry that i'm getting under your goat because i want this to be a good no, go fair ahead. sport go ahead. but i think that you left a pretty big argument on the table which is like beer is made out of grain and water it's like this kind of weird mulchy fermenting process wine is basically a juice it's like more sensible to drink wine beer is like Drinking bread or something. Just an anti-grain bias could take you out of beer. I mean,
1: I,
0: I also said it tastes like better. Did you, how, did, you, did you really get into the, the way in which wine artfully pairs with food? Like, I did not. I think that's really the argument for yeah. wine. Wine shows better with food. Food shows better with wine. There's this like ritual of dining that... It, you know beer just doesn't have a place at that table in a way that wine does and it's part of a culture that's millennia old i think
1: i mean it's yeah no that's right. true i mean i should have <laughs> taken a page so from I healy's book you he gotta paint a picture i should have talked about the wine and cheese and a nice dinner but you know and i think healy put most of the arguments for beer out on the table. All right. Sorry. That's fine. I did well at the presidential Listeners, me great Let me know, me know
0: what they think. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. But I mean, also, hey, it's long June. I've been drinking a lot of beer. I'm excited to drink more beer. We're
1: both drinking wine right now. That's what I should have mentioned. That would have been good. Another reason why? uh, By both, I mean me and Healy. Yeah, I'm having water. I'm
0: parched today.
2: Listeners, do you prefer a beer or a wine if you listen to Great Debates while not driving? Right. Do you you drink beer or wine while you're Let us know what you find pairs well with the Great Debates. Interesting.
0: I like that. Hmm. Great Debates pairings. Hashtag GD pairings. GD pairings pairings. is the appropriate hashtag to use for that. You know, um, I just wanted to throw it out there that Great Debates News is on summer vacation. So if you're wondering where Great Debates News is in your inbox, we're just taking a little time off to hit the beach, do our own summer reading.
2: It's long June.
0: It's long June. We've got the hottest part of the summer coming up. We want to get uh, work on our tan. We don't want to be in front of the laptop all the time. So,
2: Also, like if you're hungry for summer reading, I did... This summer, bring to the world a three hundred page book. Don't get mad at me that I'm not giving you your free newsletter. By
0: the way, guys, check out the Wonder Trail. One of the best beach reads I can imagine for 2016. What do you? What drink do you
1: think the Wonder Trail pairs best?
2: Oh, great question. Maybe like um a pisco sour or like, uh, yeah, caipirinha or like a, a Mexican beer, like a mm. Corona. Oh, you like the Coronitos, the little. I love Coronitos. Bottles. Yeah, that could be good.
1: Now that is Spanish for little. Corona. It's the
0: Corona in the seven ounce bottle. My A a guy that I worked with once said, let's get some Coronitas. They taste better than the regular Coronas. I think what he meant was like, because they don't sit in the bottle as long, that they they, they stay, they're carbonated longer and whatnot. Okay. I'm with him. I love a Coronita. Okay. Guys... (laughs) What a fantastic episode! I'm so psyched that we got all riled up. I was honored
1: to be chosen as uh, President King's vice president. Um, I want you. By the way, I hope you run once my term, two terms are up. I'm, you're getting my full support. I hope the people vote for you. <laughs> that would be great. Um, and I hope everybody
0: out there is enjoying their long June. Um, write to us, tweet at us, comment on our Instagram. Check us out in whatever way you can Um, while you're at the beach. Get your transistor radio out and fire up The Great Debates. And we'll see you next week. The Great Debates is produced by Mark Carosello. Our audio engineer is Mackenzie Kellerman. The theme song was composed by Christopher Knight. The debaters are Steve Healy and Dave King, and the podcast is moderated by Dan Medina.